This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and let me be among the first to wish everybody listening to this a very Merry Christmas as this is coming out on Christmas Eve. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, however you choose to celebrate. I hope you celebrated safely, but more importantly, I hope you had a very fun and happy holidays. But we have a good show for you today. We're going to go coast to coast and talk a little bit about the news of the week. Obviously, not many games to get to, not many games on the schedule. There's COVID cancellations matched with the NHL's Christmas shutdown, Christmas break, but the NHL is celebrating Christmas COVID style as they shut down dozens of games earlier this week and late last week. We'll talk about that in a second episode. Sorry, second segment. I'm going to talk about a little bit of uh, I was right, I was wrong. Some things I was right on at the beginning of the season thus far. Some things I was way wrong at this point in the season. And we'll see how much of it I really ended up getting right. I mean, I feel like for the most part, everybody had a general idea of what was going to happen this season. You know, like McDavid was going to be great. Alex Ovechkin was going to pass certain people. and There was going to be historic moments there. We were going to see great goals. We were going to see great performances. But there were some surprises, and we'll talk about that in our second segment. And then, it is Christmas Eve, but it's still a Friday episode here at the Hockey Hotbed. So we're going to finish off our Friday episode, as we always do, with my Hockey Hotbed three stars of the week. Like I said, not many hockey games in this past week, but I still went out and found three stars from the games that were played across the National Hockey League. So let's start it off with the Coast to Coast segment, obviously. The big news of the week, the NHL shuts down completely on Tuesday night due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the Omicron variant as all of last week, positive tests just rained through the NHL. Seven teams were shut down completely due to complications and then eventually the NHL made the decision to just basically say, all right, all the teams are going to shut down. We're going to take some time off and we're going to try to regroup and come back after Christmas break. So... As of this moment, the NHL is on Christmas break. The players are at home. They were asked to stay at home. Whether they do, that's their own prerogative. We'll see what happens there. But as of right now, they're separated. They're not allowed to go to the facilities. They're trying to keep them separated to hopefully quell the COVID-19 pandemic and hopefully get back on the other side of this and start to get the ball rolling similar to how they did in October and November with very few, if any, COVID-19 positives across the National Hockey League. But when it comes to the actual schedule, the last game that was played was Tampa Bay Lightning versus Vegas Golden Knights. A pretty good matchup on Tuesday night. That was the only game that was played there. Only one game played on Monday. So not a lot of hockey in the past, well, week? Really? the, The past week there hasn't been a lot of hockey. But now everybody's in their Christmas break. Hopefully, the regroup can come around and we can get back a little bit closer to what normal is. Teams are allowed to reconvene 
on December 26th. So the day after Christmas, they're allowed to get back into the facilities. They're allowed to schedule practices. Several teams have already scheduled practices for that day. And then hockey games will resume on Monday, December 27th. As of right now, like I mentioned, this is a fluid situation with the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll see how all these players react. We'll see if any more positive tests come to light. And if any of these players come off the COVID protocols, which will make it obviously a better atmosphere for the National Hockey League to resume the season. So with that in mind, obviously, we all basically expected what was coming down the pike next. And that was the cancellation, or at least the NHL's participation was canceled in the 2022 Beijing Olympics. This is something that I called for on an episode, I believe it was last week. And I said, you know what? They should just back out. At this point, there's going to be games missed. At this point, it doesn't really make sense health-wise to send your players over to Beijing. And the NHL and the NHL Players Association agreed and officially backed out of the Olympics. So the Olympics in Beijing in 2022 is going to be similar to what we saw in 2018. It'll be fun to see what those rosters end up looking like, but they're not going to include any NHL players and they're not going to include any NHL coaches as the NHL now needs due to all these coaches cancellations, they need those two weeks to make up the schedule and commence and consider and finish the 82-game schedule that they set out upon in October. It's it's the right call. Now, from what I've heard, part of my little discussion about how I thought they should pull out of the Olympics was, you should bring back the World Cup of Hockey. Well, apparently some NHL players are agreeing. There's some reports out there that are saying, Players across the league are saying, well, since we're pulling out of the Olympics, if we could in, you know, not right away, but if we could bring back the World Cup of Hockey, that would help soften the blow of not being able to go. I think this is a great idea. I already talked about it. Bring back basically the whole setup that you had in 2016, and I think it's a great idea. You get the fans, the rosters they want. You get the NHL getting a little extra cash, which they sorely need. After that pandemic, they're still technically in a hole, even though they're starting to make more money as this season has gone on. And then you get the players an opportunity to play for their country. It's not the Olympics. It's not the same thing. But it's something other than the World Championships that will allow these players with the full strength of their roster. Because remember, the World Championships go on during the NHL playoffs. So any of the players that are still playing there obviously don't go over to the World Championships. So this gives these guys an opportunity to come out play for their country, and play with the best of the best across the National Hockey League and across the entire globe. So I agree with the NHL players, obviously. I'd love to see the World Cup of Hockey back, specifically because I'd like to see a new iteration of Team North America. I think it would be a lot of fun to see that. I don't think whatever roster that would look like, whatever Team North America would look like, I don't think it would be nearly as good as what we saw in 2016. That was, of course, you know Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel, Uh, Morgan Riley was on that team. There was a lot of really good players on that hockey team. But it would still be very fun to watch. I mean, the Hughes brothers would be on that team. You'd see Lafreniere, Spencer Knight. I talked about all this on my episode last week, but that's where the NHL sits right now. They're in their Christmas break. They're hoping to get healthy and try to figure out how to play the rest of this season. As of right now, all these cancellations end on December 27th. All teams will be back. All 32 teams are scheduled to be back on December 27th in action. So we'll see what happens there. It's a fluid situation. Hopefully the NHL is able to figure it out. I'm going to take a quick break, but when I return, 
We're going to play a little bit of a I was wrong, I was right. Come on back to the Hockey Hotbed. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The NHL got rid of ties back in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or order, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and we're going to play a little I was right, I was wrong here. As the NHL is currently in its Christmas break, not many games to talk about, not many storylines coming across. There's a roster freeze, so we're not going to even see many transactions happen. So I'm going to play some I was wrong, I was right. We're going to reflect a little bit here on this episode, and then on next Tuesday's episode we will as well. Even though the games will have started up by then, it is the holiday season, and I'm going to be taking a holiday break. So I'm recording that actually right after I record this episode, doing a little reflection on my preseason trophy picks. That'll be on Tuesday. But for I was right, I was wrong. Listen, I don't want to harp too much on I was right. I love being correct. But it's not very difficult to be right with some of these teams. I was right. The Tampa Bay Lightning are not going to fade into oblivion after a back-to-back Stanley Cup. I said that they might have a little Stanley Cup hangover, but they're going to generally be okay. Well, they're more than generally okay. They're leading the Atlantic Division, 26-4, and and that's without Braden Point in large part, and also without Nikita Kucherov. So I was right, the Tampa Bay Lightning are once again going to be the class of the NHL. They're right up there. I was right. I thought the Toronto Maple Leafs would be pretty good this year. I thought that the Maple Leafs were going to be a really good team, and they're right underneath Tampa Bay in second place. They were the first team in the National Hockey League to 21 wins this year, and they didn't even have Austin Matthews at the start of the season. He missed the first couple of games, and then it took him a little while to get going. And now you look at him, they don't have Mitch Marner. He's arguably their second best player, at least second best offensive player. This year, I would think you would argue their second best player is Jack Campbell, their goaltender. Maybe even Vezina conversation. We'll talk about that on Tuesday. But yeah, I was right. The Toronto Maple Leafs in the regular season are going to be a good team. And they are. I was right. Carolina Hurricanes. Rod Brindamore just knows how to coach. He just knows how to get the boys going. One of the hottest teams out of the gate. And they're still there. Thanks to a tiebreaker, Carolina sits in first place of the Metropolitan Division. Now we'll talk about the Metropolitan Division in a couple minutes. Not nearly as strong as I thought it was going to be. But the top four of that division is still very dangerous. (laughs) 
So I was right that the Carolina Hurricanes would be the class of this division. I said Carolina and the Islanders, which we'll get to. But at least I was right on Carolina. At least I was right on Carolina. I was right Florida Panthers at the beginning of the season. They started, what, 16-0? and Something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, they've leveled off a little bit. But you kind of expect that. They're still 18-7-4. Ridiculous. Only behind Toronto and Tampa in the Atlantic. So yeah, that Atlantic division is looking real tough. At least the top three. Then you look Detroit and Boston. Eh, not easy outs either, but still, Florida Panthers are such a good team. They're constructed really well. Their stars are extremely talented. Jonathan Huberto is having an underrated season. Somehow, people at least know that he's a good player now, but still he goes out and performs, and we still don't talk about him enough. Sasha Barkov suffered a really bad injury, but was able to come back and is still playing at a pretty high level. Anthony Duclair is having another good season. Sam Reinhardt has been a great addition for them. Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight have been kind of an enigma down there. Bobrovsky started the season Vezina Caliber, and Florida's sitting there like, cool, we don't have to worry about putting our young stud goaltender in the fire of things because the Wiley veteran is handling his business. And Knight did get off to a little bit of a slow start. He's still kind of up and down. But Sergei Bobrovsky then went off a cliff for a little bit. And now he's kind of leveled out. So the, the goaltending situation is interesting in Florida. But I was still right because that team is so good still. That team is solid. Forwards, defense, and then for the most part, goaltending. That team is solid. I noticed I've only talked about Eastern Conference teams. I was right in the West, too, with the Vegas Golden Knights. It took them a little while to get there. But I said, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the Pacific, and there's no doubt about it. At the beginning of the season, I said the Vegas Golden Knights are probably going to win the Pacific Division. On my last episode, I said, I'm putting my foot down. The Vegas Golden Knights are winning the Pacific Division. Because even with one of the worst starts they could have imagined, losing their captain and Mark Stone, Losing who has been their best player, Max Pacioretty, early in the season. Not having Zach Whitecloud to start the year. Not having Alex Tuck, who was a big part of their team at the time, to start the year. Since then, obviously they struggled out the gate. Uh, Let's not also forget, they traded away Marc-Andre Fleury, so the safety net behind Robin Leonard was not as solid. But since then, they've gotten Patches back, they've gotten Whitecloud back, they've gotten Stone back. Now, all of a sudden, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're right back up there in first place in the Pacific Division. Oh, yeah, and they traded Alex Tuck, who finally came back on Monday night. But they traded Alex Tuck for Jack Eichel. I mean, they also traded Peyton Krebs. A couple other pieces. But now they have Jack Eichel waiting in the wings. And they're already climbed back up to first in the Pacific. They're already back up to one of the few teams in the NHL that have 20 victories. I was right about the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's easy to say that. But I was also wrong about a few things too. I mean, who are we if we are not able to admit our failures? I was wrong about the Anaheim Ducks. Stay in that division. I mean, the Ducks are tied for first place with Vegas. Vegas has the tiebreaker because they have more regulation overtime wins. But Anaheim is right there. I didn't think Anaheim was going to be in the top four in this division. I said, I don't know. They're a good young team. 
They're still fighting their way back. The rebuild is coming to an end soon, but it's not done yet. Boy, was I wrong. I don't know if anybody could have predicted Troy Terry to have the start of the season that he had. Trevor Zegras doing pretty good in his rookie year, starting to acclimate himself to the National Hockey League, starting to change the National Hockey League too a little bit. You also have Sonny Milano, who's playing a big role on that team that nobody expected to. Ryan Getzlaff is having a lot of fun, and he's having actually a really good year. This is a good team. They're good defensively. They have good goaltending. And now their forwards are starting to perform. It's going to be interesting to watch the Anaheim Ducks. I was wrong. I was very wrong when I judged the Anaheim Ducks. At least at Christmas, they're one of the biggest surprises, if not the biggest surprise, of the National Hockey League season. I was also wrong, and this is a big one. I was wrong about the Metropolitan Division. I thought there was only going to be one bad team in the Metropolitan Division, and I thought it was going to be Columbus. First and foremost, the Columbus Blue Jackets are in fifth, so they're already ahead of three teams. Not to mention the fact that's after a regression. Columbus started the year on fire, and I thought, oh, okay. With Columbus like this, this whole division's great. They've leveled off, back to where I expected them to be, so I was right about that. But Philadelphia, so bad that they had to get their coach fired. And their assistant coach, Vigneault Antarian. The New Jersey Devils, listen, they've dealt with stuff. Jack Hughes was out after the second game of the season for a long time, six to eight weeks. But this is a team that is floundering right now. 1-8-1 and one in their last 10. Not what I ever expected to see from the New Jersey Devils. And then the biggest thing of all, my biggest error at the beginning of this season. I finally jump on the New York Islanders bandwagon, and they are trash up to this point. You can make all the excuses you want. 16-game road trip to start the season. A little bit of an older team. Dealt with some injuries. Dealt with some COVID. But they're just not good. They had a decent start. First 10 games, decent start to the season. Then they finished that road trip abysmally. Which led into a losing streak. Which continued through their entire first four-game homestand. Then they just played poorly. Then they had a COVID shutdown. Then they came back. Then they were playing half decent, not half decent, but still losing games. Every single time I watched an NHL replay show, they had to show what Barry Trotz had thought of the game. Even though the team lost in overtime, I think three times in a row, and then finally won a game, all four of those games afterwards, one of the biggest things was Barry Trotz's reaction. But I finally jump on the New York Islanders bandwagon. They're in dead last in the East. Or sorry, in the uh, Metropolitan Division. And they are only above the Ottawa Senators and Montreal Canadiens in the entire Eastern Conference. They sit in eighth in the wild card hunt. I know they've played less games than most teams, them in Boston. But they're 11 points out of a playoff spot. They are 17 points out of the first wild card spot. So if they have a prayer, it's as sneaking into the last spot, which I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I I promise you they probably wouldn't. But I was way wrong. I thought the Islanders, you know, the past two years going the whole way to the Stanley Cup semifinals or whatever you want to call it, I thought they'd be better. I thought they would be part of the class of this division with the Carolina Hurricanes. They're not. They're kind of trash. The fact that the Devils have been as bad as they are. The fact that the Flyers have been as bad as they are. Yet both of those teams are still above the Islanders in this division. 
Not only does that mean the Islanders are trash, but that just means I'm not going to say this division is trash because it's not. It's not a trash division. It's actually still a pretty good division, but it's clearly not as strong as we all had thought. We all had thought this is a six, seven deep division, seven team deep division. It's a four team division. Carolina, Washington, New York, and Pittsburgh. Those four teams. The other four in this division, they're not playoff contenders. Save for an absolutely remarkable turnaround. They're not. Coming into the season, I said the Metropolitan Division was easily the strongest in the NHL. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that anymore. If I'm going the strongest division in the National Hockey League, Boy, they're all kind of close now. They're all kind of close. The strongest top end of the division is going to be the Atlantic. Tampa, Toronto, Florida. That's the strongest top end of a division. Strongest top three, at least. I mean, Carolina, Washington, New York, they're good, but they all have their question marks. Tampa, Toronto, Florida, at least in the regular season, those three teams, very, very few question marks right now looking at their rosters. But if I'm looking at the best division right now, the most competitive division, the division that has a bunch of teams that could be good, could be bad, have kind of kept themselves in contention. That's the Central. I think the Central is six deep with the Chicago Blackhawks still being a half-decent team. Okay, the, the Blackhawks we expected more of, but they're still a half-decent team. They're going to be able to beat teams and beat good teams on any given night. But are they going to be able to put it together to get into the postseason? Probably not, especially considering you look right above them. The Dallas Stars have the capability to be one of the best teams in the league. We saw it for a two-week stretch. They were the best team in the National Hockey League. On the back of Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, I mean, these guys were so good. And a a myriad of goaltenders. Mainly Jake Ottinger and Brayton Holtby. So there's Dallas. There's Winnipeg, who we've seen up in the top of this division. We've seen fall down. But we know that there's an undeniable talent there in Winnipeg. Colorado, they speak for themselves. They're defending President's Trophy winners. They've had a little bit of a poor start, but they're still hanging around. St. Louis has surprised me. Nashville has surprised me. Nashville currently sits on a long win streak heading into this break. Are they more than the win streak? I talked about that in the last episode. I don't quite think so. St. Louis on the other end? Listen, I didn't think that they had a strong roster. They're proving me wrong because they're one win away from being in first place in this division. They're one point behind Minnesota. Speaking of Minnesota, yeah, I've disrespected Minnesota a lot. Minnesota fans were not happy that I had the Wild at 10th in my power rankings coming into this month. I'm going to tell you right now, they're probably going to go up. I can promise you that. They're probably going to be higher than 10th. I can guarantee you they're going to be in the top 10. And yeah, they're going to move up. I disrespected them a little bit. Not as much as everybody says I have, but a little bit. So yeah, I was right about some things. I was wrong about some things. But generally, I've just enjoyed this NHL season. It's been a good one so far. Hopefully, the league and the players can figure this COVID thing out and give us a great second half and second half of the season. Because we're about 30 games in. So we're not even quite to the halfway point. There's still a lot of hockey to be played. But at this point, we're starting to figure out which teams are which. Which teams are contenders. Which teams are pretenders. Who's selling? Who's buying? We're starting to get that picture. It's starting to become clear. I'm going to take a quick break, but when I return, finishing it off with three stars of the week. I'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? 
We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. You know, I, I make a podcast with the title Hockey in it, presented by a podcast network that has hockey in it. Sometimes it produces a tongue twister. But I'm still having a great time. I'm, I'm loving my time here on the Hockey Hotbed. This is episode 30? 30 episodes of this already. Doesn't feel like we've gone that far. But at least half of them. We've done our Hockey Hotbed Three Stars of the Week. We're going to continue that right now. For me, the third star of the week, I actually have them written down here in the wrong order. I have all three of the players I want, but I have them in the wrong order that I wanted. Oh, well. Third star of the week, Captain America Joe Pavelski. You know, I, I played his heart-wrenching press conference on the last episode obviously responding to the Tanner Caro hit. The guy is obviously a great leader. So he already has that prerequisite for him for anything. Everybody loves Joe Pavelski, but he's played really well. This week, Dallas has only played in one game. But in that game, Joe Pavelski notches four points, including two goals. So like I said, the sample size this week was very low. Not many games played. One on Tuesday, one on Monday, and then a handful on Saturday and Sunday and Friday. So the pool was not as large as usual to choose from. But Joe Pavelski is my third star of the week. Like I mentioned, great game for the Dallas Stars. My second star of the week. I'm between two. But you know what I'm going to do? My second star of the week is going to be Nikolai Ehlers. Of the Winnipeg Jets. I was trying to decide between him and whoever I put as my first star, obviously, which I won't say right now. But Nikolai Ehlers has had a great season for the Winnipeg Jets. In the absence of Blake Wheeler, obviously everybody there is going to have to step up. Even when he was playing, Blake Wheeler was struggling. So that forces guys like Kyle Connor, like Nick Ehlers, like P.L. Dubois, Shifley. They all need to step up in the absence. And or whenever he's playing, if he's struggling. And they have. This is a team that has all the makings of a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, they got the goaltending. They got the top-end talent. They have a pretty solid bottom six. And they have a decent defense. If they need to improve on anything, it's defense. I don't know if they could, but if they brought in Jacob Chikrin, who's now rumored to actually be on the block, if they're able to bring in Jacob Chikrin, that might go a long way into making them... a a favorite, maybe a perennial favorite in the Western Conference. And Nick Ehlers is a big part of that. I feel like he's somebody that is still underrated, even though he gets a lot more national attention. I feel like people see him as a second-tier guy. As like a, if you're a Penguins fan, like a Brian Rust or like a TJ Oshie. He's better than those guys. He is better than those guys. And why is he my second star this week? I didn't even say his stat line. In two games played for the Winnipeg Jets, Ehlers notched one goal, 
and five assists. So six points in two games, good enough for the second star of the week here at the Hockey Hotbed. The first star of the week, on Christmas week, no less. Of course he wears red. Unfortunately, it's not red and green. Not quite that Christmassy, but he wears red. Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings only played in one game this week. But Larkin, the captain of that upstart Red Wings team, who's sitting in a playoff spot at Christmas, by the way. Talk about things that I didn't expect. I didn't expect the Detroit Red Wings at Christmas time. A general 30 games, roughly, into the season for the NHL season, the Detroit Red Wings have a playoff spot over the Boston Bruins as well. <laughs> didn't see that coming. Big reason why Dylan Larkin is having a great season. Obviously, the rookies there, Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider, they're having a great season. Raymond's been in the three stars of the week. I think Larkin is actually the third Detroit Red Wing to be in my three stars of the week. Because Tyler Bertuzzi got it earlier in the season. So Dylan Larkin, in that one game played, he had three goals and an assist. A fantastic performance from the captain. And he didn't need to do much else because, like I said, small sample size and Larkin definitely surprised everybody and made a statement in their last game before the Christmas break. So congratulations to Dylan Larkin, the first star of the week for the hockey hotbed. Reading down through him. Third star, Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars. Second star, Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets. And the first star of the week, once again, Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings. The third Red Wing to make it onto the Hockey Hotbed Three Stars of the Week. If that tells you anything about their season, it's that uh, they have some outstanding players up there in Michigan. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy Holidays, however you choose to celebrate. I know we celebrated Festivus on yesterday's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. We aired out our grievances. Maybe I should have did that here, but... Oh, well, we live and we learn, maybe next year. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you to everybody for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.